thanks for taking the time to listen to this Social Partnership Forum podcast. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Social Partnership Forum People Plan Workshop. This is the start of a journey, and what happens uh, the following month, the following uh, year, the way we, we build the themes of that People Plan into the DNA of what we do across our working lives. We need to work collectively across all our work streams to try to free up some time for people on the ground to actually think about these things that will make a long-term difference. The opportunities and the numbers of people that are there looking for careers is actually going to grow in the next few years and therefore we need to get those people to be thinking and be excited about coming to work in the NHS. Hello, my name is Danny Mortimer and I'm the Chief Exec of NHS Employers and the Management Side Chair for the Social Partnership Forum. I'm here at an SPF workshop focusing on the NHS's People Plan that better supports and addresses the problems we have around supply and retention in the NHS, but also uh, make sure that we can make the very best use of the talent that's available to care for our patients and of course our communities. During the workshop, attendees have been working in groups to discuss uh, the findings and thinking uh, from the various work streams in the People Plan. One of my colleagues feeding back on behalf of their group is Claire Sullivan, and Claire's the Director of Employment Relations at the Chartered Society of Physiotherapy. Um, talked a bit about the fact that we were pleased to see shift away from use of the term productivity in describing a lot of this, which came up as potential. I asked Claire why she felt it was so important that trade unions have been involved so extensively in the development of the People Plan. I think the thing that engaging with the unions bring that no one else can bring is the sort of broad voice of staff throughout every part of the NHS and also uh, it assists with the trust of adopting new measures, the fact they've been developed in partnership and although a lot of people involved in the unions in these discussions won't be the exact same people delivering services locally, we are obviously all representing large numbers of the staff and, and in fact all the staff who are going to be delivering all the different aspects of the people plan. So our view is it's important of its, uh, in and of itself to work in partnership, but also you get better outcomes, better workplaces for staff and better outcomes for patients as a result. Claire also talked to me about why partnership working is key to achieving better health outcomes for our population and why we need to do more to involve staff in developing solutions in the widest sense. I think the critical thing is that we work in partnership on a whole range of issues in the NHS and we've got a sort of really good and long history of doing that and that means involving not only employers and unions but also others who are involved in running the system and we do it both because it, we've developed good relationships at national, regional and local level but also because the decisions you get and the outcomes you get are better as a result. There is a real will to involve staff in the development of the solutions that will be better for them and better for patients locally. The difficulty is actually making that happen in such a big system, hence why we're talking about doing some things nationally, some things regionally through social partnership forums and some things locally within individual organisations at their own staff side meetings. Colenso Jarrett Thorpe's group discussed the issue of releasing time for care. We went back to basics as such and we said the whole outcome we want from this is to eradicate inequalities of the outcome of healthcare. That's what this is all about. Colenso is the National Officer for Unite the Union, one of our 
our biggest trade unions. And he went on to explain some of the benefits that he anticipates from the People Plan uh, for his members and the teams that they work in. One of the aspects we get from Unite members is that they, they feel there's not enough staff, they're under pressure, they're stressed. So if we can see there's a plan in order to alleviate that, that may be through workforce redesign, that may be better training, education and use of digital tools and commodities. That will ensure that our staff feel they've got the resources and tools to make a difference to the patients they care for. So there are opportunities, but that's got to be backed up by sustained investment and cooperation amongst all the different stakeholders in the NHS. Calenzo explained Unite's involvement in the initial development of the plan. He, he believes that there needs to be engagement now and that sustained level of engagement needs to continue with everyone as we start to deliver and implement the plan. It needs to be actually implemented at a local level. So we've got to make sure that the different stakeholders are fully involved in what's happening and also that message can be disseminated out to the regional social partnership forums, the local forums, the, the trust, employer involved in local government as well in terms of integrating care and health services and we speak to each other in the terms of respect and trying to get things done and making it easier for better working between different parts of the system because that's what we need to eliminate those barriers and ensure people are able to work together to deliver the best for the patients. I'm delighted uh, to be joined here with my staff side colleague, um, Sarah Gorton, who's the head of Health for Unison and is the staff side chair of the Social Partnership Forum. And we've had a really interesting uh, workshop today and, and Colenzo and Claire, I think, have given us some, some real sense of some of the kind of key uh, messages and reflections from that event. Um, but Sarah, I, I guess one of the, the things that you said to the workshop was that Actually, one of the most interesting things about the People Plan discussions that we've been having is that they echo partnership conversations we've been having nationally now for, for some years. Do you, do you feel confident that those partnership conversations will be reflected and reinforced in the plan? I feel confident that they are happening in front of a wider group of people now. So you and I, Danny, have sat in rooms over the last four years and heard some brilliant examples of the way that services have been redesigned around patient needs in some of the Vanguard projects and through the new models of care. And those conversations and the learning from those seem to have been passed up. On a workforce footing, one of, the, one of the clear messages that came out of all of our groups was about the need to approach this conversation in a way that reduces staff fears about what change might bring. So we all know that different groups of staff, different individuals receive change in different ways. Some really embrace it, some are really frightened of it. And I think one of the things that we can do through partnership working is to try and start that conversation in a way that reassures people about, what, uh, about the level of change, but also about the process and making sure that they're stitched into it as individuals and represented by their trade unions and their employers in all parts of this conversation. And it was one of the really important points in the discussion that we had today about the People Plan was that actually how this is done is probably more important than what gets done. And I guess if there's a risk in the People Plan, it's that any of us that have a local responsibility kind of drop our shoulders a little bit and kind of make the People Plan 
NHS England's problem, uh, NHS England's plan. That's, that's not the point of this. Yes, there are things they've got to do on our behalf, but actually the controlling interest in the plan, the controlling interest in implementing the plan is ours. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, what the one of the major challenges that the plan has is that it's got to reach into every corner of the service and every occupational group. And that's where the messaging and the, the, the local relationships are going to be key because we've got to be really clear about the fact that there is a limited resource available, there's limited capacity. So naturally the plan is going to have to focus on some really key actions. So what we're going to have to do is to try and find ways to make the change work for everybody. But that point about unashamedly focusing on priorities, understanding that actually resolving issues that are key risks in one part of the service or for one group of professionals actually helps everybody and helps all our patients. It's something that we've returned to again and again as a, as a partnership. A, a desire to see variation in terms of employee experience reduced, to see the kind of staff engagement that you talked about in terms of ideas for change and leading change uh, being central. Um, and this recognition that our line and middle managers are one of the real strengths that we have in the NHS, but we need to invest even more in maximising that strength. I think one of the key points that was very clearly made several times today was about the fact that the people plan is the start of the process. So it's going to form the blueprint of the conversations that we have about how the service recruits, organises, manages, supports and develops its staff for the foreseeable future. So I think what is really positive in this is the willingness of um, bits of the NHS system that for the last decade have focused more on conversations about money and standards and all of the external factors are now starting to see that without the right people in the right places, none of that is achievable. So it feels like we are getting back to doing conversations about people as a matter of course, rather than as an exception. I think one of the consistent messages we've had as a partnership in our conversations with Prana, the new Chief People Officer, and with Dido Harding, who's the, the chair at NHS Improvement, is there is a recognition that in the kind of formal discussions the NHS has with itself, that people are often the any other business bit of the agenda. Whereas Dido in particular talks about people first. Actually, it should be the first thing on the agenda, not the thing that's covered in 30 seconds as people are kind of dashing to the next meeting. Um, and then of course money is important, and of course access is really important, and of course quality and safety are really important. But people, the NHS is made of people. People is the bit that's central to all of those things. And, and we've got a long road to travel to, to get back to where we need to in terms of numbers of people levels of staff engagement, our ability to innovate and do things differently to better serve our, our patients. And partnership working is, is really central to that. It is. I mean, one of the things that struck me about today was the question that somebody challenged us with when we were talking about the need to make the people plan meaningful to all staff groups and all organisations that make up the NHS, so it's broadest interpretation. And the challenge back to us was, well, do people really need to know about the people plan? And actually, they probably don't need to know about the people plan, but 
if in a couple of years time people don't feel, still don't feel that they work in a fair organisation that supports and develops them and gives them good chances for progression and that they, their workload is too heavy, then that's a sign that the people plan won't have been meaningful to them. This is less about whether people on day one recognise the people plan and its existence, but it is about how over the first 365 days and then subsequent years we can measure progress because what gets measured does get done, but also we need to see progress. The, the, the plan commits all of us to improve the experience of our people. So actually, how do we measure that? How do we know it's getting better? And the second bit comes back to that quality of conversation that happens locally. How do local organisations start to set themselves ambitions in terms of what better looks like? Because there's nothing to say that people can't be more ambitious than the what the plan says. I think if there's a set of very quick actions that we can direct local partnerships to at this particular point in time, it's around that responding to the letter that was sent out from Prana ISR urging the start of those discussions at local level about what each organisation needs to do to be the best place to work for everybody. And we, we really want to make sure that trade unions have a voice in that, that they are working with employers both to, to check that um, the priorities that they hear from members locally are fed up into that conversation and that what's coming out of that conversation is actually reflected in the joint work that the partnership does. Thank you so much, You're Sarah. Welcome. I just wanted to say thank you to Sarah and Claire and Colenzo for sharing their insights and observations on the importance of working in partnership with trade unions um, and the experience they've had uh, in terms of the development and implementation of the, the People Plan. I couldn't agree more um, and couldn't stress more the importance of working with our trade unions to now uh, implement the plan and that, that conversation needs to happen nationally but also in our, in our regions and, and locally uh, for you in your organisations and, and systems. I suppose the thing I'd say and the, the thing I'd observe in terms of the way in which the People Plan has gone about this work is that there, there is a temptation for all of us to, to wait until plans are kind of feel finalised and feel firm before we go and talk to trade unions and, and engage them on behalf of their members. I hope what you can see from the conversation people have had about the People Plan is that Julian Hartley and Dido Harding and, and now Prana uh, Issar as the Chief People Officer actually went to the trade unions early and often. They had conversations about thoughts that were, were half-formed as well as fully formed. And, and actually that's the mark of mature partnership working. I know that's what you guys try and do in your, your organisations and increasingly in your local systems as well. Um, I hope you found this, this podcast um, helpful. Um, as I said, thanks again to all those that have, uh, that have contributed and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this Social Partnership Forum podcast. 